John 21. I just kind of spoke on this for a second, but I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate. We covered the death and resurrection of our Lord. The most significant, uh, significant occurrence uh, that's ever happened in the history of mankind. That the Savior of the world would come and uh, live a sinless life and die for sinners. And not only that, to, to prove he is who he says he was, he rose from the dead. If he didn't rise from the dead, then all those bold claims of being having come from heaven and returning to his father were, were nothing but lies. But because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, everybody's faced with the, with the question once they're introduced to him. Am I going to accept what he said and who he is and walk with him or am I going to reject him? Anybody who hears the gospel is presented with that option. So uh, we, we covered that in great detail. We, we covered actually a lot uh, last week, and I, I didn't know where we would end. Uh, and uh, it's funny because Oliver came up to me after. He goes, I know you were, you were saying, kind of apologizing for going over, but your teaching was exactly an hour. And I'm like, hey, that's perfect. That's usually where it ends. I'll be a little bit uh, you know, shorter uh, today. But, uh, but God had that all planned. I, I don't, uh, you guys know I, I, I need notes to keep me on track and everything. And I had like 12 pages. I'm like, there's no way. And, and we did. So, uh, so when, when we are opening our Bibles here to John 21 verse 1, and it says, after these things, after these things means the Lord was just crucified and buried. Three days later, he rose from the dead as he said he would. He met Mary Magdalene at the tomb and sent her to the disciples, and Jesus appeared to the group of them uh, later on that day. Eight days later, he appears and addresses the doubt that Thomas expressed. He told everybody, unless I see him, unless I put my hands in the scars, then I'm not, not going to believe. Jesus shows up eight days later and addresses his doubt, and we talked about that. God's not afraid of our doubts. It's not like they leave him shaking in his boots, you know, anything like that. You know, he, he, is, he is very much aware of our, our uh, strengths and weaknesses, our doubts, and he's going to minister to them individually. That, that as we have things that we struggle with, the Lord is going to minister. There's no way that any one person is going to be able to minister to uh, anybody. Nobody's called to be somebody's personal savior other than Jesus Christ. So, you know, we have somebody, if somebody's dealing with so much, start encouraging them or, or an encouragement from me to you, start going to the Lord instead of to brothers and sisters all the time. Not that it's, it's a bad thing to go, that, but go to the Lord with your, with your uh, you know, questions and those things first and say, hey, you know, we, it's okay to go and talk with brothers and sisters. I'm not, I'm not discouraging that at all, but don't make another person your Lord the one that you go to first. We should go to God first. And once we've gone to God, then we can share and say, hey, I went to the Lord with this. And, you know, can, can we talk about this? Those things. So it's an encouragement to you there. At the end of John chapter 20, John wrote in verses 30 and 31, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Having the life, the everlasting life that we're searching for is in Christ. And John, his whole effort 
and writing his gospel account, just telling the world what happened, was to spark believing faith in the reader. And he, he says that at the end of, of, of John chapter 20. He wants to make sure that everybody understands why he's writing these things. So when in verse 1 it says, after these things, uh, we just sometimes need to back up a little bit and, and, and look at where we're going. And if you weren't here with us uh, last week or whatever, now you know what we covered. So verse 1 says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, who are James and John, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. So backing up to verse 1, we see that uh, Jesus, it's explaining that Jesus showed himself uh, to this group of men that are shown in verse 2, that are listed in verse 2, Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and two others. So we see another account as John's writing this that he doesn't name himself. And uh, that always leads me to believe that me personally, I believe that came from when they were all arguing about how great they were. I wonder if James and John, maybe the two brothers, the sons of Zebedee were saying, no, we're the greatest. We're going to be the greatest. And when the Lord told them that you guys are having the whole wrong, the whole different conversation and, and the Lord had taught them that to be the greatest of all, you need to be the servant of all. And that, that in God's economy, things are different. You don't climb to the top like we do in this world. Oh, I got to, you know, kick this person and stomp on this person's foot and on their head to climb up over them on the success ladder or anything. In God's economy, it's all about serving. Who was the greatest servant? Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? The king, the creator of this world, was the one that would wash the feet of his disciples. So I personally believe that when, when he doesn't name himself, I, I personally have that. It doesn't say clearly in there why John doesn't say that, doesn't say his name. But I think there was a, a good deal to do with the fact that he realizes that, that he has made bold claims in his life. And he's just going to refer to himself as the one that Jesus loved. I'm just going to I'm going to say that so so as not to lift up his name again. I think that's the case, but uh, you don't have to agree with me on that. That's just uh, my personal opinion. It's not uh, necessarily a scriptural thing. So there are two others that are not mentioned here, and there's an encouragement there for all of us. There's an encouragement because in this world, there's so much of everybody needs to, especially today, I need to be somebody. I need to have my own YouTube channel. I need to have my own social media and people need to follow me. There's, I see now, uh, I'm 43, and I don't remember so much of a push for self-promotion as there is today. It is okay to be quietly serving in the background, it, especially in the church. You know, God is looking for that. Remember, there was a rebuke for King Saul, you know, when you were little in your own eyes, right? When Samuel was, was talking, when you were little in your own eyes, then he's explaining God could use you. But when you got too important, this is when things got all out of whack. And it's the same for us. Just being uh, at a spot of humility. So it's an encouragement to me to share to you and 
and uh, to share with me, this is a reminder to us that uh, that we uh, can very much be those that are not named, and that's perfectly okay, as long as God knows who we are and He knows our service. You know, this this can be a reminder to those that are serving faithfully in ministry that are not seen out in the open. You know, might be sitting back uh, at the sound desk, making sure all this stuff is working, all these inner workings of, of, of broadcasting a service and making sure the sound sounds good, making sure that the baby's butts are changed uh, in the nursery, you know, and making sure the trash gets out and goes to the proper, not to this trash can, the far trash can, right? You know, I had to talk with our neighbor about that this week. So if anybody grabs trash, don't put it in the closest one. It's the furthest one that belongs to us, okay? But those things, whenever we're doing something, it is it is such a blessing. Just just think of it. It is such a blessing to not be known, right? Remember when Jesus was was explaining and giving. Don't let your, your one hand know what the other hand is doing, so that we wouldn't get recognition. It's okay to not be the one named. It's okay to do things in the background. Just faithfully serve there. And I will tell you right now. Those ministries, those people serving in there are the backbone of this church, of, of, of how a service goes. We know that the Lord sustains us, that, that this is all held together by the Lord. But no, no, we'd have a bunch of kids in here. They'd have a, a bunch of them in here that need to be able to be ministered to in their group, at their level, upstairs. They're playing games, they're learning the scripture, they're having snacks, because that ministers to them. If they're sitting here, all we're doing is looking at them, you know, we're doing all those things and they're not learning, right? It's good for them to be uh, where they need to be. You know, those things that that those children that the children are in there and then we can sit as a group of adults and we can talk about being uh, into the word together and, and, and about how God is working. My encouragement to all of us is to serve the Lord wholeheartedly. You know, it's him we serve. I have uh, been here at this church for 20 years, and uh, I, I have been in uh, just about every role but nursery. Um, I, I've, uh, I've been uh, a deacon. I've been an elder, so I'm doing the trash and taking care of those things. I've prayed with people. I've done visits, uh, praying uh, with Will. Hey, we're going to go here and pray for this person or whatever. I've been through all of those, and I've, I've, I've learned through all of them it, it to, the, my focus needs to be that I'm serving God. I'm not here to try to have with an ulterior motive of getting promoted and having that. If that's our heart, bring it to the Lord and say, God, I need you to minister to this right here. We're not, we're not supposed to be of that mindset of, I really need to get there. I have an inner drive. I have to be there. You know, if God is calling you, he will lead you there in his timing and he'll equip you in that timing. But if we have this mindset, because what's going to happen with that is discontentment. I, you know, I, I can, I've got so much greater gifts. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing that. I need to be doing this. When that, when that happens in our hearts, then we're not, sir, we're not doing everything as unto the Lord. Colossians three verses twenty three and twenty four say, and whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. That's who we serve. Do everything heartily as to God. If we knew Jesus Christ was coming to our house for lunch, 
Is our house going to be like, spot, right? We're going to go through and we're going to be, okay, I've got a very important visitor coming. And I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to do. That's how we're supposed to serve the Lord all the time. So with joy, not begrudgingly like, oh, you know, nobody cares who I am and nobody knows who I am and I'm taking out this trash and, oh, somebody left a wrapper on the floor. We get that mindset because we think that we're above that. We think, well, I got to get up to there. And because now I just got to do my time here to get there. No, serve the Lord where we're called and God will open doors as time goes. Ephesians 4 verses 11 and 12 say, and he, Jesus, Gave some, or God, uh, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The building up is what edifying means. Everybody's got different gifts. The Lord's going to, to put those together and, and put us in the places he wants us in his timing. So my encouragement is, is in however you are serving the Lord, whether it's in this church or outside this church, do it heartily as to the Lord and realize that he gives gifts to us. We Some of us have a gift of whatever. Okay, then use that gift for the Lord. If we don't have that gift, then don't don't sit there and look at somebody uh, with, with, with envy in our hearts and go, oh, look, they have this gift and they're not even using it. Though. If I had that, then I'd be doing this and that. Just we are called to in the in the in what we have to serve the Lord uh, as do everything as though we're doing it to the Lord and to serve God heartily. Very important for us. Remember Simeon and Anna from Luke two. If you would turn there with me, Luke chapter two. So if you're in the book of John, you just take a left. It's the gospel account right before this going all the way to chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible with you, that's okay. If you need one, we have them for you. Just raise your hand and we'll get you one. Um, but we also do put them up on the screen. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. And behold, there was... So, uh, and for some context, uh, the uh, jo uh, Joseph and Mary are bringing in uh, the Lord Jesus uh, as a baby into uh, the temple and for for dedication. And, and as they bring him in, we meet Simeon and Levi. So as they come, and it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was uh, just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death, before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in, the ar in his arms and blessed him, and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. This man just loved God and served God, and he was given a promise by God that he would see the salvation of mankind before he died. And when Jesus came in, he knew it, and he grabs Jesus and makes this proclamation. He's saying, Lord, you're letting your servant, old man, who had served the Lord in his life, it says that he was, he was dedicated to serving the Lord, that he loved God. 
Anna, verse 36. That's another one that we'll look at. Luke 2, verse 36 through 38. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to God, to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So here's another woman, her whole life, just serving God. It says in here uh, in, in verse 37 that she did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. It doesn't say that she had the Billy Graham you know, crusade and she's bringing millions in. Her ministry was fasting and praying. Her ministry was praying for other people. For pouring her out. That's what, that's what she was called to do. And she did it heartily as unto the Lord. And she was rewarded. So there's an encouragement here. Even though those guys weren't named, we have to understand that there are unmatched blessing and fulfillment in this life and the next as we follow the Lord. Don't get worried about titles. My encouragement to you is to focus on our master and pleasing him and what he calls us. Amen. So we see this group of men. They had grown closer over the years that Jesus had ministered. And um, they had actually been used to perform miracles. They witnessed people being brought back to life. Uh, they had witnessed, witnessed healings. They heard sermons for the ages. They, were, they had front row seats to all this. So naturally, they grew closer together. Now Peter, who's a leader among them, is one that when he says something like, I'm going fishing, the whole crew is going with him. If Peter's going, we're walking with him. He was a leader amongst these guys. So when they do, they fall, when, uh, when they hear this, they say, we're going with you also. And we see Peter is a natural born leader. And he's got a person, that's part of his personality. Uh, Peter's a very strong man. We, we know that his pride got him into a lot of bad predicaments or got him corrected. But he was a, he was a leader. Big, he, and we'll see at the end of this, he's very physically strong. He had a strong personality and very physically strong. Those two often come together, right? And very easily, easy to get prideful if we're the strongest and the biggest and the meanest and, and everything that... Uh, uh, we can we can get caught up. I've never had that problem. I'm five foot nine, okay. And uh, amongst my friends, I was usually the smallest. But anyways, but Peter knew that he had to submit to the lordship of Christ. So we, uh, as we're studying through this shortly, we'll see the Lord uh, continuing to work in Peter's life, and that He commissions him for ministry. So when He says, "I'm going fishing." Uh, the, the, the group is ready to go with him. You know, there are some that believe that, that he may have been talking about, I don't know what else to do uh, in life, so I'm just going to pack up and go back to fishing. I'm going to make that my, my focus again. You know, there, there's some of that teaching. I don't know that the scripture uh, shows that uh, in, in what we're reading here, but it's an interesting thought. 
uh, you know, they had been with Jesus and uh, they had been provided for in their whole ministry. So another thought is that I'm going fishing so I can provide for myself because they're no longer going along in ministry and, and uh, being supported by those that are uh, that are giving to the ministry. Right. And we know that was a, was a thing. Uh, because there was a, a a treasurer, his name was Judas, and he was stealing from it, right? The one that betrayed uh, the Lord Jesus. So another mindset is that maybe they're going so that they can uh, just you know get started with uh, providing for themselves again. You know this. Uh, so I I am more of the mindset that the Lord is uh, sorry that 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 Peter is uh, saying that he is. Uh, I'm just I don't really know what to do next. And, but I'm, I got to keep moving. I got to get going. So whatever it was, the Lord knew where they'd be, and he meets them there. So uh, this whole group of people decide to, to follow Peter, and not that that's, uh, you know, they're uh, sinning by going uh, fishing, but uh, there's uh, a, a warning. If, if it is the mindset, if someone's reading this from the mindset of somebody returning to the, oh, what I was doing before I came to Christ— that, that can uh, get many of us in trouble if we're doing that. And uh, so if, if you're looking at it from that lens, which, uh, as I said, I, I, I believe that it's literally, I believe, uh, when I've read this several times over the years, that this means I don't really know what else to do, so I'm going to go fishing tonight. Uh, and and we, we, there's been so much that's happening. I kind of need to do, I'm, I need to go back to what's familiar to me. That's what That's my personal belief of what was happening there. So not that it's a, a bad thing to go back to a way that you were um, living unless that, that was uh, full of sin. So returning to old ways can be dangerous, especially for some of us that were called from a profession where sin was promoted. You know, if we're, we say, hey, I'm going back to tending bar, you know, are there problems that could arise from that? At a bar, it's always a party. You know, it's not it's not wise for us to return to that type of uh, of a uh, profession or that type of setting, right? Alcohol is just getting served. People are doing and saying stupid things. You know, clothing is at a minimum usually. You know, those types of things. Is that really where someone should be? It's just uh, we. It's not necessarily. That doesn't necessarily mean that's what they were doing. That they were saying, "All right, that was cool for the last three years. Now I'm going back." Um, but uh, there are uh, there is a warning that if uh, you believe that as you've been following the Lord, you're being called back to one of those uh, situations or whatever, uh, as you're waiting, you know, on God in your life or whatever, uh, there are certain things that He's not going to call us to return to. Okay, uh, and uh, just just be mindful of that. So uh, we read here at the end of verse 3 that they caught nothing. There was no success in returning to what they knew, the familiarity that they had. They all get into a boat. They caught nothing. Frustrating night for some fishermen, right? But uh, maybe just fishing, you know, to pass some time, whatever it is. You know, what we see here is the situation's primed perfectly for what happens next. Verse 4. But when... The morning had now come. Jesus stood on the shore, yet his disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? And they answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast the net, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved 
said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had re removed it, and plunged into the sea. So uh, we see here again Jesus returning uh, in bodily form, and now he's on the shore as these guys are fishing, and uh, they weren't aware that it was him. They were a good, good ways out, and they just hear this voice yelling out to them. And, uh, you know, when he asked them if they have any other, any food, <laughs> out of frustration, I imagine the no was like, no. <laughs> you know, they had been out all night, right? I'm sure they had some good conversations, but they went out to fish, right? If you've been fishing all night, you're probably tired. If you've ever worked the night shift, uh, then you know that, okay, you're on a whole different sleep cycle, right? Right, Casey? You know, we're on a whole different life. I was on that until, uh, about, I don't know, six, seven months ago. And uh, you're on a whole different thing. But these guys, in the middle of the day, say, hey, let's just go fishing all night. So they're pulling an all-nighter. They want to get some fish. They didn't catch anything. So when Jesus asks the question, they say no. And uh, then he does something they'll never forget. And he tells them, well, just take the net and throw it on the other side. Take the net cast it on the other side of the, of, of the boat. And, uh, you know, that it probably didn't make any sense to them, but they did it anyways. You know, it's uh, there's a lesson to me as I'm looking at that, that us doing things in our own strength uh, can be as close to the width of a ship away from, uh, you know, where uh, we're going to find victory in our lives in Christ. We can be that just within within reach. But if we're doing it just in our own strength, we're just kind of going out and doing something without the Lord, we're not going to find that victory that we would have. Don't get me wrong. This is not a health, wealth, prosperity message. Uh, this is a uh, just trust the Lord and, and follow him. And as he leads us, uh, he, he's going to bless us message. Does that make sense? Okay. So these guys here are, are, are out fishing, not necessarily that they're doing anything wrong, but we, when we see that Christ comes in and, and his obeying, obeying his word and what he says, when that becomes the focal point, then they find uh, success. So uh, they are trying to pull this net in, but they have too many fish. All they did was pick up the net and throw it on the other side. Right, that doesn't make. This is a miraculous catch, is what what we're seeing here. They've got their nets, and and, and the difference in the width of, of of their boat is empty net so full that they can't even drag it in. There's a difference there. It's a lesson in doing things according to God's will uh, and uh, and not our own. He God wants to bless us and fulfill us. And when we are obedient to Him and we're doing things as He leads us, we're going to experience spiritual blessing. Those spiritual sometimes it might be a financial blessing. It might be provisional. It might be those things. The, the, the important thing is that we're obey, obediently following him. And as we do, he's going to bless us. He's going to take care of our needs. So, uh, you know, we, we have talents that we're called to use. We just need to use them as he leads and uh, not in our own way. So this is a catch that they wouldn't have ever imagined. You know, just to take the net and cast it on the other side. You know, he, he, they, we see here that they, uh, they're obedient and uh, they just do what they're told. And we already talked about the gifts. You know, as the Lord leads us, use our gifts 
as he as he puts us in certain positions in here at this church or in other places just use them and and, and God is going to use uh, use those things and uh, we're going to find success in doing what he tells us to do and he's showing them here that he's the provider remember they had seen Jesus commanding the wind commanding the waves and, and all of creation they've seen that and now Jesus is ministering to them and in the simple simple call of just pull those nets up and throw them on the other side not a hard thing to do You've got to swallow the pride right you guys ever yeah you've been there right you know I've, I've been there my, I remember my older brother telling me if I can't do it you can't do it you know, whatever, I'm trying to open up a pickle jar. Whatever. If I can't do it, you can't do it. You know, he'd have to get shot at it, and here I am two years, four days younger. Let me have a shot. He's like, come on, I'm stronger. You can't, you know, there's there's that mindset, right? If I can't do it, you can't do it. Verse 7, we see John's spiritual eyes are open, that he understands what just happened was God at work. And he declares it to Peter. And our deeply emotional and radical brother Peter had taken off his outer garment, probably to row, to work, getting sweaty or whatever, didn't want to get to shore and not have his stuff. So he throws on his outer garment, jumps in. So if you've read through that before and like, wait a minute, don't we usually, yeah. So he had he'd most likely removed it because he's working, you know, sweating, whatever it was, and he removed it, so he grabs it and throws it on and, and dives in. Couldn't wait to see Jesus. David Guzik says, John was first in recognition, but Peter was would be first in devotion. Just like at the tomb, right? It was when Mary Magdalene showed up, John and Peter ran to the tomb first. John outrun P outran Peter, sticks his head in there, but he didn't go in. Peter's like, moves him out of the way and says, I'll go in. It's, you see the personalities. John is very spiritually perceptive. Peter's a little more like, hey, let's just let's just do it. You know, and both of them can we can find uh, that sometimes Peter's not gonna be the guy caught in analysis paralysis, right? He's not going to be the guy, should I, shouldn't I? He's like, I don't know, I'm going 100% right there, right? John's going to stop and think about it. We see the difference in personalities. So as John recognizes what's happening here, he says it to Peter, and, and uh, Peter just jumps in. And Jesus is speaking to them from the shore, and they had been out fishing. And uh, you know he, he knew uh, a way to speak to them, right? So what does Jesus say when he's speaking from the shore? Did you guys catch anything, right? That's usually not what you want to hear when you haven't caught anything. And the Lord knows how to reach us. He knows where to find us. And he knows right where we're at, physically and spiritually. And he knows how to speak to us. And he did. He did with these guys here. Now, there, there are times that we're going to have to go through something for him to get our attention and to show himself strong. If you, I got one more turning for you to do with me in Luke chapter 5. If you would turn with Luke, same book, just taking a left and not going back as far. Luke chapter 5, and Jesus said the disciples push out from land so that he could speak to the masses from their boat. Luke chapter 5, verse 4. So once you find Luke 5, go to verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, that's Jesus, he said to Simon, now this is a rewind. For these guys, we're rewinding and we're looking back on the, the the lives of the disciples and the ministry of Christ and how Jesus called these guys, how where things all started for them. All right, so they're out fishing; they didn't catch anything. Jesus tell them, "Throw your net on the other side," and they can't pull him in. 
So now as we put that on pause like a movie, okay, we're going to back up and look at the beginning of what was happening. Luke 5, 4 says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Sound familiar? Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were, all, uh, were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. How did Jesus get their, their attention to follow him? Through fishing. How did he grab their attention again after his resurrection? Through fishing. They were back doing what they knew was, was uh, how to do, and they were good at it. That's how they made their profession. It's funny that when they were called, they had toiled all night and caught nothing. Right? Right? And that obedience to Christ, they caught so much that the ships were sinking. They had to call everybody over, like, get over here. Right? And the guy's like, what are you talking about? Right? You think of that conversation, like, what are you talking about? And they're hauling fish in, and they're like, look at that. So they come over, right? God gets their attention by showing them that he has command over the fish and over what they're doing. And they're pulling them in. There's so much that it says they start sinking. So you're not going to forget that. You're never, it's not going to be like, oh yeah, I forgot all about that time that he filled both of our boats and we almost sunk, right? That's not, they're not, they're fishermen. Like that's a, an exclamation point for them. That's a big, a big a deal that had just happened to them. And they're not going to be like, they're not going to be forgetful of that. Now they're back out fishing and the Lord, as he does, and as he knows how to minister to us, he meets them again while they're fishing. Remember what Jesus said. Remember Peter's response. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. You don't know. like you, he, he understood who Jesus was. That he wasn't just a mere man that said, hey, I got some cool things to say. There was something different about Christ. And what does he tell Peter? If you look at verse 10, it says, And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. As we get into uh, deeper into this chapter, and I don't know how far we'll get. My hope was to get all the way through it, uh, but I see we have about 15, 18 minutes. We'll see. What occurred in Luke 5 was a foreshadowing, so you can turn back over to John 21, was a foreshadowing of what was hap going to happen here in John 21. Jesus had a lesson for them to obey him, especially when he's speaking clearly and it doesn't make sense to us, right? What it was Peter's response when Jesus told him to cast the nets out? We've been fishing all night, but because you said so, we'll do it again, right? Didn't make sense, but they still obeyed. They did what they were told to do. An encouragement to any of us, as we're walking in this life, as we're following the Lord, if you don't know the Lord, then this might not uh, resound as much. But for us, 
that are following the Lord, we might find ourselves in that mindset of been toiling all night and I'm tired. I'm frustrated. You know, I'm, I, I, the ministry, I've been praying for a certain amount of people. I've been praying for this, but I'm kind of tired of doing so. You know, or or I, 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 maybe this isn't happening, and I thought the Lord was calling me to that. I'm encouraging you from what we see here, continue to follow the Lord. If God has called you to whatever it is, it might take 10 years. It, may, it might take 20. Just continue, continue to abide in the Lord, follow him, and he is going to make that happen. Whatever, this isn't a blame it, uh, blab it, grab it thing. Don't, don't mistake me for that. If God has put something specific on your heart to pray about or, or, or to focus on in, in ministry for him, and it's not quite where you want it to be, don't get discouraged. Just trust that if he's, if he's given you that gift or he's, he's, he's you know, working in and through you in a certain way, just continue to follow him. What I'll tell you is when we're getting discouraged, that's when we really need to double down. Really double, instead of giving up, instead of being, oh, well, I thought I was going to be at this point, or I thought this would be there, instead of giving up. I, um, I'll i share this because I, I, I heard a, uh, a local Calvary Chapel pastor shared uh, with a, a group chat that uh, his wife had lost his mother at a very young age. Before she lost her mother, she was able to, to share Christ with her, and she uh, was saved. And then for decades... Her father uh, wanted nothing to do with her, and uh, he recently passed. But before he passed, in the months coming up before he passed, this young lady was so persistent in praying. All the, This isn't like this some weird story of you know, we don't know the author. This is literally from somebody in Maine inside Calvary Chapel that for decades she prayed that for a relationship with her dad and that, that it would be restored. And before her dad died, that relationship got opened back up and they were able to redeem time that was lost. She was able to share Christ with him and lead him to Christ. Guys, this isn't some far off thing. This happened within the life of a young lady that was obedient over all these years to pray as she knew she needed to. Decades, decades had gone by. An encouragement to us, do not get uh, discouraged. Understand that if the Lord is saying for us to do something, even if we don't understand it, we're, we're getting to that point of frustration with it, that's when we double down. I know God called me to do it, but this hasn't happened, so I'm not going to do it anymore. No, God doesn't do that. He's not He's not unstable. right? He doesn't change. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So as we're going through things, if you're at that point where you feel like you're burnt out in ministry, you're, what, whatever it is, go back to who am I serving and, and what mindset am I going to have? Because our enemy wants to start whispering in our ear, what you're doing isn't enough. Shouldn't you be further along? Shouldn't this be happening? Guys, just be mindful. We have an enemy of our soul and one that does not want this church in this area proclaiming the gospel or any other Bible team. It doesn't have to just be Calvary Chapel down east. It can be Emmanuel Baptist. It can be any of those churches that are truly seeking God. Here in this, it doesn't want those to be there. He's going to frustrate. So if you're if you're obedient to the Lord and you're and He's called you to something, I, I remember very well when I first got here and uh, the Lord had been working 
my wife and I had, uh, had, had just been in uh, Italy for two years and then uh, in Washington for two years. And then we come here and we don't really know where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. God leads us to this church. And as we're here, of course, we're getting more acquainted with Will. And Will's like, hey, I'd like you to pray about, about being a deacon here and just serving. And I'm like, I'll do whatever you got. To, I mean, whatever. I just knew that as I'm here, I'm not going to sit there on my hands. And this has nothing to do with the child, children's ministry meeting we're having after church, just so you know. But I, I knew that I had to be serving him. And Will's like, don't answer me right now. I want you to go home and pray about it. And I'm going to warn you that as you step up in ministry, if you step up to obey the Lord, you're going to experience spiritual attack. You're going to you're going to get scared. You're going to get you know uh, the you're not good enough. You're going to get all those things. And as you're in ministry, we can lose, we can drop our guard and forget the fact that we're still being used by the Lord and that there is a spiritual war a war going on around us. And if we're not, uh, we don't have that in our mindset. We can get tricked. Start listening to the whispers of the enemy. You're not good enough. You, sh you should be in a higher position. That's definitely from Satan. I can tell you that right now. What was Satan? If you look at Isaiah 14, it was the five I will statements. I'm going to be elevated. I'm going to be. I'm going to be like the Most High. I need to. And it was that climb that 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 he was talking about. Be careful of that. I'm not saying God's not going to call you to bigger and better things in your life, but be faithful in what you're called to now. That's what we're called to do. So when Will, Will asked me that, he's like, I don't want your answer right now. I want you to pray about it. And once you've prayed about it and you've heard from the Lord, then come back and tell me. And he was right. You know, because then there are the, the attacks, right? Trying to get ready for church and everybody's grumpy with each other. And you're like, oh, yeah, I can't get into that because I can't, you know, focus. on It's all those things. And you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm about to be obedient to the Lord's calling. Don't turn back. Follow God. Don't turn back and say, well, you know, he, I must be disqualified. It must not. He can't use a person like me. If God has called you, it's because he wants to do that work in us and through us. Because when he works in us, it doesn't just bless others. It blesses us and builds us. Forgot where I was. So there's a simple command. The simple command is... To uh, for, we're still in Luke five. That was a launch out. Let your nets down for a catch. And when the Lord calls us, that's what we need to trust and obey. And we're going to be blessed spiritually. Jesus told Peter here that he says when he said, "Do not be afraid." Uh, they uh, that uh, sorry, do not be afraid. Uh, God is going to uh, to do a work in us. And uh, as I said, our enemy or our flesh is going to tell us that we're not what Jesus would want. You know, he wouldn't call us if he didn't have a plan for us. So uh, just an encouragement. You know, God wants to use us. So back to John 21. Peter's no longer, uh, you know, telling Jesus to depart from him. He had, he had walked with Christ and, and uh, we know that that. Peter had been through something here, right? And uh, Peter wasn't asking Jesus to leave him. So he, he's in a different mindset. You know, he knew Jesus now. And when he heard John say, hey, it's the Lord, he wants to, he's, he's diving right in. And there's an encouragement to us. And we see the Lord just go. 
You know, I'm going to follow the Lord no matter what's going on. You know, do I need to grab fish? Do I need? No, just just dive into Jesus. You know, no longer caring about other things. We're never going to regret following him wholeheartedly. But the others, the other disciples came in the little boat for they were not far from the land, about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon uh, Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. And Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of them dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. So Peter swam in and the others, the other disciples take the little boat. They're dragging the net behind them. It's just 200 cubits, about 300 feet. And uh, when they get there, they already found a fire with fish on it and bread. Isn't that interesting? The Lord, the risen Lord, is meeting their physical need. The Lord is already prepared for them. And uh, there, there's uh, everything is, is sitting right there. And, and they probably got to that point like, hey, remember that little boy's lunch? <laughs> remember, remember we had like 5,000 people standing around here and no way to feed them? And what did Jesus do? Blessed it, broke it, and gave it out. And there was so much left over that as they're passing out the baskets, everybody ate until they were full, it said, right? I wonder if they were thinking of that. Jesus didn't need their fish, what I like about this, but he added it to the menu. That's a neat thing. I saw uh, somebody in study, they, they used those words, but added it to the menu. I'm like, I like that. So it's a great spiritual lesson. You know, He provides for us and he allows us to take part. It's not that God, oh, he only needs me or anything, but he provides for us. And he allows us to take part. So we see in verse 11, Peter is very strong uh, physically, right? The others are dragging it in the boat and everything. Peter just runs up and grabs it. 153 fish. That's a lot. You know, there's a, I, I remember uh, I was interning as a youth pastor at our church in Washington. And our, uh, the guy I was interning under, our assistant pastor, uh, he said, hey, this is kind of a stretch, but I, I wanted to share it. He says, that some believe that the 153 was indicative of different people that they would catch, you know, from different places and everything. I don't know. I just wanted to share it. It's not implied here. I just, uh, just an interesting take, but I don't know that there's anything to it. So uh, we need to just be careful not to add to the word or take away from the word. Uh, just understand that God's word is sufficient. It doesn't need our addition or our subtraction. You know, God is going to, to do his work and uh, he doesn't need our clever efforts to uh, to make things interesting. That's an encouragement to us. If, if we are called in any type of leadership role in teaching, don't try to change the word to meet what our plan is and what we're saying. No, we adjust our plan to what God's word says. You know, so uh, you'll see that often in uh, what I'll call a seeker friendly church. Well, the Bible says this. I'm going to change it to mean that because that's going to be popular and it's going to itchy ears. Right. We're warned in the scripture in the end times. Pastors are going to are going to teach people with itchy ears. Tell me what I want to hear. If I follow, am I going to be rich? Am I going to have da 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 da? If that's the message, find another church. Saying that to people that are here. I know I, I get it. Right. But just know that's what this this. 
this country is dealing with right now. So many pastors. You turn on TV, and what are they teaching? Itching ears. Let me scratch your ear. Tell you what you want to hear. Just send in your money. Don't really care what happens in your life. Just send your money to us. Those, it's very, very, uh, very scary. They're not sticking to the word of God. I like in verse 12, it says, everybody's standing there, but nobody dares to ask because they all know it's Jesus. You know, they, this is a lot to process. There's a lot going on. They, uh, they had uh, just seen, uh, they know that Jesus had died, was born, uh, was raised uh, from the dead, and uh, he had appeared twice, and now here he is, he's cooking them breakfast. You know, they've been out, been out fishing all night long, and, and so they know something's happening here. They just don't want to, nobody wants to really talk. You guys ever been in that spot? Well, I'm not saying anything. It's kind of like that. You know, they don't want to, they're just all just standing there. Verse 13, then Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So they had breakfast with Jesus. And you notice the, the place that Jesus took? The servant. He had already died for their sins. He had already rose again. And who, what is he doing? Serving them. You know, it says the third time that they had seen him. You know, he had showed himself to them uh, on the first night of the resurrection and then eight, eight days later when he was ministering to Thomas. You know, this is, a, this is an event they're never going to forget. Obviously, John didn't because he wrote it all down for us. I had hoped to get into what we're going to cover next week, uh, this week, but the Lord had different plans, right? Be pliable to what God is doing and not you know, our own thing. Because if I did that, and we'd have to go over, and I'd be on fast forward, and there's, a, there's like sometimes there's just a feast of meat that we need to slow down and eat. I'm a fast eater. My wife is a very slow eater. So it's funny when we go out to eat, you know, I've done my meal and, you know, I've got to just, and she's like, you know, on her fourth bite, you know, and I, it's, it's, it's almost like I grew up in the house of five kids and I was number four and we learned, Hey, I got to eat quick. And then I got the basic training. I learned I needed to eat fast because if we didn't, we're going to get yelled at. You're going to have to do something stupid, stand up and sing a song or whatever. So you just shut up and you eat your food, right? This, what we're going to study next week, is another one that I don't want, and not that we fast-forwarded through the first 14 verses, but what we're, what we're going to cover requires more time, and I don't want to fast-forward through it. So we're going to stop there, and we'll, we'll pick up in verse 15 next week. Let's pray. Father, we are so blessed that you teach us of our need for you. We thank you, Lord, that you minister to us, that you uh, care for us. And, Lord, that we uh, can even be used by you. We're not worthy to even be called by your name, but not only do you call us your children after we've accepted you, Lord, you do a work in us, and you change our lives, and you use us to spread the gospel, to serve you. We pray that we won't do it in our own strength, but follow you obediently, trust you, and that you would work in and through our lives. We thank you for who you are and how you love us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.